If you have your Bibles, turn to Psalm 22. I want to welcome all of you that are here today, all of those that are online and worshiping with us. God bless you. We are continuing in our series on the book of Psalms, and we're going through a, a Lent series, and, and we are in Psalm 22, which many of the phrases of Psalm 22 are, are really a reflection of the sacrifice that Christ made on Calvary's cross. You'll see behind me a crown of thorns that was beautifully made by Karen Williams. As those thorns were placed on Christ's brow, many of the statements in Psalm 22, Christ actually was quoting from. So we are in our third week of, of Lent, and um, in Psalm 22, David starts out with a, with a question, you know, why? Why do bad things happen to good people? Why did this happen to me? Why am I going through this? And we all ask those questions. Last week we looked at a, for a few moments to the banner to my left. How do you respond when God is silent? Where are you? I can't feel you. I don't sense you. And we all have had times in our lives when we feel a distant from God. Today we're looking at the power of trust. Tis so sweet to trust. Everyone say that word trust. In Psalm 22, in verse 4 and 5, listen to what David said. He said, in you our fathers put their trust. They trusted you, and you delivered them. They cried to you, and they were saved. In you they trusted and were not disappointed. I'm glad today that on our dollar bills we have a statement that's powerful. In God we trust. As Jesus was hanging on that cross, although there he had questions, although he sensed that God was, had forsaken him and God had withdrawn his love from him, deep down in Christ's heart, he knew that he could put his trust in God. And I want you to know, whether it's with your kids or your grandkids or your business or your finances or your future, you can put your trust in God. In God we trust. Now, if you have your Bibles, I, uh, you were in Psalm 22. I want you to go to Exodus. So just hang a hard left and go to the very front of the Bible, which you'll find Genesis. And right next to Genesis, you're going to find the book of Exodus. We're going to look at a, 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 what I would say a rather unusual story on people trusting in God. So go to Exodus chapter 2, and we'll begin with verse 1. If you're with me this morning, let me hear an amen. Now a man of the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman, and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. And when she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. But when she could no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it and put among the reeds along the bank of the Nile 
and her sister stood at a distance to see what would happen. Now, I must say that this is uh, an unusual story for trust. Really never preached about this in my life, but, but, but as I was preparing and studying, I was thinking about uh, how we put our trust in God. This story came on my mind. It's, it's uh, of a, a woman who was pregnant. Her name was Joshebed. Her name means God is glorious. This saint, whose name is not mentioned in the story, gave birth to a son, and because of the edict that came down from the government, she had to protect her son, and she placed her son in a basket. Unsure of the future, filled with fear, filled with questions, filled with anxiety, and this woman placed her son in a basket and put him in a river as her sister watched what would happen. I see a lot of moms here today. Can you imagine having to place your son or your daughter in a basket and place that basket in a river? Now, You folks are very religious and righteous people. But I don't think there's a mom, I don't think there's a dad that would place their son or their daughter in a basket and float it down the river. You talk about trust. This woman whose name means God is glorious, had an incredible amount of trust, not in her government, but in God. And she placed that gift in a basket, demonstrating to all of us her absolute, complete trust in God. The child's name, as you know, is Moses. Moses' name means to draw out. What many of you may not know is that the river that she placed Moses in is called the Nile. The word Nile means champion. When she was placing her son Moses in a basket to declare that she had her trust in God and God alone, Little did she know that that act of trust would give birth to a champion who would lead the children of Israel out of Egypt into the promised land. 
Think about it. Great things happen when you and I learn to put our trust in God and God alone. You know, I think God is asking us to do, he, 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 he's, thank goodness he's not going to ask us to put our child in a basket and put it down the St. John River. He may be asking you to put your business, your finances, your future, your church in a basket to declare, God, my trust is in you. A few moments ago, we had our hands, we cupped our hands, we said everything we have is in our hands. Now it's in a basket, and, and, and the principle is really still the same. Who do you put your trust in? And when you live a life of faith and you put your trust in God, watch this, champions are born. Greatness is delivered. God's glory is expressed when you and I take our hands off of what we own and we live a life of faith and we place them in the hands of God. Truly, it is sweet to trust in Jesus. Our trust is not in the government. Our trust is not in the economy. Our trust is not in our denomination. Our trust is in God and God alone. And as we, by faith, put those things that are dear to our heart and place them in the hands of God, it declares that our trust is in him and him alone. Let's talk for a few moments. If you're still with me, let me hear an amen. God is glorified when we live by faith. God is glorified when you trust in him. Champions are born when you put your trust in God and God alone. I looked up the definition of trust, and here's a wonderful uh, definition of trust. Trust is the reliance on the integrity, the strength, and the ability, and confidence in a person. Oh, I like that. Integrity, strength, ability, confidence in a person. So I've got some notes for you today, and, and uh, I've got 10 of them. And I just want to make a declaration today that we are not going to get through all 10 of these today. This is too good to put it all in one meal. So I'm going to stretch this out over two meals. So today is the appetizer. Next week will be the entree. If you're still with me, let me hear an amen. When you put your trust in God, here's a couple of principles. And by the way, every one of my points today, all 10 of them, they're all from the book of Psalms. Psalms is filled with scriptures about how we need to trust in God. So point number one, when you put your trust in God, I love this one, number one, you will be surrounded by God's love. When that mom put that baby in that basket, she was surrounded by the love of God. Where do I get that from? Psalm 32, verse 10. Many are the woes of the wicked, but the Lord's unfailing love surrounds the one who trusts in him. I declare today that I trust in God. Do you? He is over you. 
He is under you. He is above you. He's to your left. He's to your right. He's within you. He is all around you. When you live a life of faith and you put your trust in God, you will be surrounded by God's unconditional love. Number two, when you put your trust in God, fear loses its grip on you. Everybody go like this with your hand just for a moment. Just hold it, hold it, hold it real, squeeze it. I want to see you, I want to see you straining. Fear is a powerful force. And it grips us. And it consumes us. And it overwhelms us. But when you make the decision that you're going to put your trust in God, when you put your trust in God, fear loses its grip on you. Well, where do you get that from, Pastor Scott? Psalm 56, verse 3. I love this. When I am afraid. Now, notice it doesn't say if I am afraid. It says when I am afraid. When I am afraid, I will trust in you. In God whose word I praise. In God I trust and I am not afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? I love that. Every time I read this scripture, I'm reminded of a song, and I've, I've sung this to you guys many, many times here at Plant Castle. We used to sing it, Tammy, with our, with our kids. In Austin's bed, and Aaron's bed, and Amanda's bed, and Allison's bed, they're all uniquely different. They all had one thing in common. They would have times of fear, times of being insecure, times of wondering what's going on, and we'd sing this song, and I think Tammy taught it to us, and I caught on and we'd sing it together and it's, it's Psalms 56 verse 4. When I am afraid I will trust in you. Psalms 56 verse 4. When I am afraid I will trust in you. See, you're going to be afraid. Can you imagine Jobed's fear as she placed her son in a wicker basket and put him in a river? She was inspired by the Holy Spirit. and She lived a life of faith and she trusted God. And when you and I trust in God, there will be fear. But when we are afraid, I will trust in you. Fear of the future. Fear of running out of money. Fear of dying. Those fears loosen their grip on you when you live a life of faith and you declare my trust is in you. Who today are you trusting in? Because when you trust in God, fear loses its grip on you. You don't have to be afraid about what's going to happen in the future. You don't have to be afraid about running out of money. You don't have to be afraid of dying. You can walk in confidence because when you are afraid, I am going to trust in you. And there's people here today. There's people watching online. You are gripped with fear. And the Bible says that that fear is a spirit. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of love, power, and a sound mind. Fear is a spirit, and it will demoralize you, and it will cause you to live in dread of things that are going to happen in your future. And David said, when I am afraid, 
I will trust in you. There's somebody here today, you can't even sleep, you're so gripped with fear. You wake up in the middle of the night and, you're, and your heart is pounding and you're, you're, you're consumed with fear. God doesn't want you to live like that. It's a spirit of fear and it comes from the enemy. God doesn't want us to live in fear. He wants us to be full of faith. And if you're here today and you're gripped with fear, make the decision, make the choice to lean into the faith that God has for you. And when you are afraid, God, I will put my trust in you. If you're still with me, let me hear an amen. amen. Number three, quickly, we got to go. When you put your trust in God, number one, you will be surrounded by his love. Number two, fear will lose its grip on you. Number three, your heart will be steadfast and strong. Steadfast and strong. Psalm 112, verse 6 and 7. Surely the righteous will never be shaken. That word there, shaken, means to waver. Watch this, church. It means to slip. It means to get off course. Surely the righteous will never waver. They're never going to slip. They're never going to get off course. They will be remembered forever. They will have no fear of bad news. Why? Because their heart is steadfast. Watch this. Trusting in the Lord. I looked up that word steadfast. It means firm. It means established. It means fixed. It means being stable. You see, when your trust is in God, your heart is firm and fixed and established. Why? Because you trust in him. We need people at Pine Castle. We need people in America that have hearts that are firm and established, steadfast. doesn't matter what happens around them. They're living a steadfast life. Why? Because their trust is in God. When you trust in God, your heart will be steadfast and strong. Number four, I love this one. When you put your trust in God, God will be your refuge in difficult days. Everyone say the word refuge. refuge. See, Psalm 62, verse 8 says, Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. That word the refuge means shelter. It means a, it means a, a place of hope. Now, as I was looking at that today, I... I was thinking of the people of Ukraine. You know that last Sunday, 1.1 million refugees were fleeing Ukraine. You know that this Sunday, a week later, over 3.3 million people have fled the country of Ukraine. 3.3 million people. Now, just to put this in perspective for you today, if you take all of the residents in Orange, Seminole, Osceola, Brevard, and Volusia, that would be 3.3 million people. 
See, we got to let this sink in. And by the way, you guys were so generous. We raised over $10,000 for men and women in Ukraine. That's huge. That's big. We got to let this sink in just a little bit. Now, you understand that God loves the Ukraine people just as much as he loves Americans. I mean, we know that, right? We know that God's not American. And he doesn't love you because you're living in Orange County any more than he does someone living in Ukraine. For God so loved the world. God's not American. And you take Orange, Seminole, Osceola, Volusia, Brevard County, combine them all together, and that's 3.3 million people. That's the number of people that are fleeing the oppression from Russia. Let it sink in. I said to Tammy yesterday, we're, we're remodeling one of our bathrooms. It's 25 years old. It, it's. As I'm walking into floor and decor to pick out some tile, I said to her, I feel really weird about this. I'm not trying to put a guilt trip on anybody because I went and bought the tile. We're going to redo our bathroom. But it was sobering to think that we're picking out tile for a bathroom that in most people's eyes is perfectly fine. And there's mom's with a suitcase, that's all they own, and their husband is left behind to fight, and they're dragging. And I'm just hoping, I'm just believing that God's word is true, and that when you and I and the Ukrainians are faced with difficult times, that God will be a refuge for them, because nothing else makes sense. Fleeing to Poland, fleeing all over Europe with a bag and three kids and a husband left behind to fight. Think about it. And you think you've got it bad. I just am hoping and believing and trusting that God is going to be a refuge for those people. See, look in... Look in your notes and you'll see the scripture that I have there for you today. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. There's a song that Bruce just played a few minutes ago. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Just to take him at his word. Just to rest upon his promise. Just to know, thus saith the Lord. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust you. How I proved you more and more. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus. Oh, for grace to trust you more. See, I know what you're thinking. You're probably thinking that the person who wrote that song had it all together. You're probably thinking, oh, how convenient. You trust in God and your life is just peachy. Money in the bank. Secured future. 
not facing disease or disappointment or disaster. You're writing, tis so sweet to trust in Jesus because you're living a house that's paid for. And you're getting money every single month and life is good and your kids are obeying and your grandkids are following Jesus. And oh, how convenient to write about how it is so sweet to trust in Jesus because you don't have any problems. Really. You guys know this because we spent a whole year on the hymns. You guys know this, that most of the hymns that were written hundreds of years ago were written by people that were faced with disaster. They were faced with fears. They were faced with troubles. And they wrote those hymns as an encouragement to us. So Louisa Stead in 1870 wrote, "'Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus." You'll be delighted to know this. She was a Methodist missionary. (laughs) She decided to go one Saturday afternoon to a picnic in New York. Packed her bag, filled it with food. Picked a nice green place to lay out the blanket, the river to the right, the sun, the birds, the trees. What a beautiful way to spend a Saturday afternoon. Until suddenly she heard the cries of her son drowning in a river. As most dads would do, her her husband and son of the father ran in to to, to save the drowning boy. And Louisa Stead watched in horror as both her son and husband drowned that day. You think you've got it bad. And she penned the words, tis so sweet to trust in Jesus in the midst of fear and uncertainty. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust you. How I've proved you o'er and o'er. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, God, give me grace to trust you just a little bit more. And I pray today the people in Ukraine, as they're calling out to Christ for hope, for him to be a refuge. That word the refuge means a place of hope. There's not a one of us today that have any kind of fear that we can go home and take a nap this afternoon. Why? Because we have a place, a shelter, a refuge. And I'm praying today that God will honor his word and that he will be true to men and women in the Ukraine. That he will be a refuge for them in times of trouble. Louisa Stead went on. She didn't quit. She didn't throw in the towel. She didn't abandon her calling. She went on to be a missionary in 
South Africa, remarried, and wrote a letter back to the people of the United States when she was faced with opposition. She was called to Zimbabwe as a Methodist missionary, and this is what she said. In connection with the whole mission, there are glorious possibilities that one cannot, in the face of the particular difficulties, help but to say, who is sufficient for these things? But with simple confidence and trust, we may and do say, our sufficiency is in God. Wow. Thank you, Louisa Stead, for encouraging us that we can trust in Jesus and he will be our refuge in difficult days. Number five, and we're going we're gonna to close in just a moment. I want you to go to point number 10. And we're going we're gonna to end with this today. When you decide to put your faith and your trust in God, you will find rest and safety. I love this. Whoever dwells, Psalm 91, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest. Everyone say rest. Watch this. In complicated times, you can rest. When things are confusing and life has been turned upside down and you don't know what is going on and you are filled with fear and uncertainty, the Bible says that you can rest. Everyone say rest. There is rest and safety. You will rest in the shadow of the Most High. I will say of the Lord, he's my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you. I want to talk to you real quick about trusting God and proving his faithfulness time and time and time again. Now, this principle I'm getting ready to show you, we're going to apply it to trusting God. We can also apply it to trusting our leaders, trusting those in authority, your children, your grandchildren trusting you. It's a beautiful leadership principle that can apply in so many ways. Let me illustrate this for you this morning. I'm not taking an offering. That's a bucket with a smiley face on it. That's a good thing. Over to my left is a bucket with a frowny face. It's not a good thing. Now watch this. Are you all still with me? You're probably wondering, what in the world is Pastor Scott doing? I'm going to give you a leadership principle that applies in every area of our lives, especially trusting in God. You carry around with you coins, 
change. The goal of every great leader is to have more coins in this bucket than in this bucket. Deposits and withdrawals. The reason that you trust in God is because God has proven over and over and over again to you that he's faithful. And when God is faithful, what you do is you make a deposit. God is faithful. Great is thy faithfulness. O oh God, my Father, there is no shadow of turning with you. Thou changest not. Thy compassions, they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever shall be. God has proven time and time and time again that he can be trusted. And you put your trust in him because he has been faithful. Now watch this. That principle can apply to presidents, It can apply to denominational leaders. It can apply to politicians. It can apply to you and your grandkids, your kids, or your employees. See, everything rises and falls on leadership. If you do what you say you're going to do, People make a deposit and they back your leadership. When you are kind to people and you treat them with respect, people make a deposit into your account. When you tell your children you're going to do something and you don't do it, when you don't treat people with compassion or kindness, When you are undependable, in every relationship, it's a principle of deposits and withdrawals. And when you run out of coins because people have lost their confidence in you, they will take it from that pot and put it in this pot. It's really that simple. 